Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 74, and the topic for today is Covey's Seven Habits. Now, Stephen Covey, who many of you probably are aware of already, was the author of a very influential book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he died just recently on July 16th, 2012, at the age of 79 as a result of some medical complications from a bicycle accident that he had. And as I was reflecting on his death and also thought of his contributions, much like we've thought recently too about other influential people who have died, got a discussion going on our Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash lifehabits, about the idea of doing a tribute episode celebrating the life and the work of Stephen Covey. So that's what this episode will deal with. Now, the original book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, was published in 1989 and sold some 25 million copies. And then Stephen, after that, published a number of other books, and most of them were sort of drill-downs on the particular habits that were described in the original book, also extending them to an eighth habit as well, and also, you know, describing the applications to various environments, to families, to organizations, to schooling, and the like. So the foundational seven habits are what we will be going through today to really reinforce, I think, some incredibly foundational and relevant habits that we should all pay attention to and try to live by. I might also add, before we get to the quotes, that Stephen Covey has had a significant influence on many of you, as you've pointed out in the discussion on the Facebook page, as well as an email. And it's also had a significant impact on me, personally, professionally, as well as was one of the motivations for this podcast series. The whole notion of actually calling it Life Habits is also linked to the whole notion of having had Stephen Covey's ideas living within my brain for many years since reading his seminal book. It also led to the formation in my mind of how we might structure and talk about the themes that we talk about on this podcast series as well. So he's had an amazing impact. And so let's go through a few quotes from Covey himself. The first is, we are free to choose our actions, but we are not free to choose the consequences of these actions. Most people define greatness through wealth and popularity and position in the corner office. But what I call Everyday greatness comes from character and contribution. Our ultimate freedom is the right and power to decide how anybody or anything outside ourselves will affect us. The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Admission of ignorance is often the first step in our education. And lastly, and sort of summarizing the overall philosophy, our character is basically a composite of our habits. 
Because they are consistent, often unconscious patterns, they constantly daily express our character. So some great wisdom from a great man. Now, the seven habits themselves are divided into basically three clusters. The first cluster is called independence or self-mastery and has all to do with really focusing on ourselves, on our own approaches, our own habits, obviously. The second major category is interdependence, and that is working with other people. And then the last and critically important category with regard to what we do here together as well is self-renewal. So let's start with the first cluster of independence or self-mastery. And the first habit, in fact, is be proactive. This is a case of determining that you should take the initiative yourself of realizing that you have a lot of power. You have a lot of degrees of freedom of things that you can decide to do or not. And if you take responsibility for having that power and take responsibility for choices that you make and that you should make, and also the consequences of them, you'll be in great shape to go through the remaining set of habits. The second habit is one that we've talked about a lot in this podcast series, and that is begin with the end in mind. And we have often talked about what's called the deathbed test, which is this notion of imagining at the end of your life that you would be looking back on your life and thinking, what would you like to have been considered to have contributed, what you're all about, and what your main qualities were, etc. And if you look back on your life and think about what attributes that you would think would be things that you'd want to be known for, that's a great way to start with getting a perspective on what things are the most important to you in life. And if you start from thinking about your core character values and essentially your life goals, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to have been known to have contributed, etc.? You're going to be able to get clarity on what sorts of things are going to be most important. And later on, when we're looking at things like prioritizing your activities and the like, you'll be able to go down to this basic foundation of the end that you have in mind, meaning essentially what it is that you have as your core values and your core life goals and the core relationships that you want to develop to get there. And it'll always provide an appropriate moral compass, another word that he uses or phrase that he uses, so that when anything happens in life, you'll be able to steer the right course and make the right decision because you're not only being proactive, but you also have a clear vision of your life goals and the end that you want to achieve. This is similar to to discussion we've had before when we've talked about career planning and planning things like your 
near in and your intermediate sorts of goals as well is to think of them with regard to actually having achieved them, not just thinking about things that you, you know, attributes that you may not want to be at, but thinking of actually being at that end state of having achieved that particular goal or set of goals and what that would entail and what that would feel like. Having that kind of clarity of what that end state that you're trying to achieve is, keeping that in mind and having that influence the various activities and tasks that you need to carry out in order to get to that end goal as well. So that's begin with the end in mind. Habit number three is put first things first. And he has a drill down book on this as well. And this is all about prioritizing and planning and then executing your activities. And he is a great advocate, as am I, due to Stephen Covey's writings and teachings, that we should not be planning on a an hour-by-hour hour or day-by-day day basis. A lot of people do that. A lot of people may, you know, the extent of their planning, if they do any planning at all, is at a daily level of figuring out what you need to accomplish that day and look at what's on your calendar and on your diary. And he advocates doing planning at a greater unit of time. And the one that is most recommended is the weekly plan. So that this is how I still do it. Basically on a Sunday evening, look at the week to come and think of, you know, what you want to accomplish in relation to the life goals and life goals, as well as all the intermediate goals that you will have stated in going through the begin with the end in mind kind of exercises. So now you want to determine whether the activities that you have scheduled for the week are in fact aligned with and will help achieve, you know, the goals and the values that you have. And one, you know, very good way to do that as well that I think I've mentioned before is one of identifying specifically what those core values and core goals that you have are and also the relationships in your life and take each of those and map them to your calendar. In fact, for many years I had, and I still occasionally put them on, now it's become more routinized, but essentially scheduling and making sure that you schedule your time so that it's aligned with the priorities that you have in life. So if you stated that family was really important to you, and yet you look at your schedule for a week, and it's nothing but work, and it's all kinds of travel, and it doesn't, quite frankly, include hardly any involvement with uh, family, then you're not in line, right? And that kind of activity, when you use that kind of rigor to go through that, that can make you step back and say, hmm, I want to actually build a little more into uh, the week in terms of spending some time with family. Or if it's the case that you needed to travel that week, well, why not take a longer weekend after that week so that you can really align your sort of goals and and the priorities that you have in life with the priorities that are actually embedded in your scheduled week as well. So this is one that a lot of people struggle with, the whole notion of never feeling like you have enough time. It's also the one that if you don't do effectively, you will get at those various stages later in life and think, hmm, where did all the time go? And I didn't actually align 
what I did in my life with the things that are most important to me. So this is one that is incredibly important. And again, if you want to follow up on any of this stuff in greater detail, I mean, I cover a number of these kind of topics in the podcast together that we have here. But there's also a lot of additional material on Covey's work. You can, you know, read his books. You can listen to the audiobooks. He was one of the first ones to actually have the work that he did available in audio form. Apparently, the, the first very successful book in audio was, in fact, his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So you can look at, listen to it in that way. There's also a whole institute that provides, you know, education and training and workshops and the like on these topics as well. So there's lots of additional material, and I'll include some links to that as well uh, on the Facebook page. So those were the three habits, be proactive, begin with the end in mind, and put first things first, that are all in the independence or self-mastery cluster of habits. And the next cluster is interdependence, and this has all to do with working with others. And habit four is think win-win. I just absolutely love this one. And this is one that I have tried to live with and live aligned with for, for many years, which is all about not necessarily seeing or not seeing at all you know, every interaction that you have, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a, a personal one, that you need to drive in Covey's words for mutually beneficial solutions try to go for a win-win, meaning that you're both, if there's two people in a relationship, both in terms of the way you resolve situations, both feel good afterwards. And it isn't the case that one person drives for some negotiation to win out and the other person then loses. Ultimately, that doesn't yield a high quality of life for either of the players. And that this overall striving for a win-win is all about trying to respect the other people, trying to think and understand where they're coming from so that you can satisfy the needs of both parties effectively in the resolution or in the, the progress that you end up making together. And you'd be amazed at how many situations you can look at and no longer see as a win-lose proposition, but instead go through Covey's kind of thinking here on getting to a a win-win. Now, to get to that win-win, there are a couple of other habits that I think are really critically related to achieving a think-win-win. And the first of those is habit number five, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I've also mentioned this a number of times on the podcast series, which is all about that we typically as human beings spend our time talking and not listening as much. And even when we're in a dialogue with someone else, we typically are rehearsing while they're talking. We're not really listening to them. We're really thinking about what we're going to say next or how can we counter what it is that they're saying and all of that. As I've said here before, and as Cubby advocates as well, you really need to develop a very effective habit of listening. And as I called it, authentic listening in the episode we did together on that topic to 
be calm, to not say anything other than points of clarification, just to really develop this particular habit, and deeply understand what the person is getting at, really try to understand it from their point of view well before you ever articulate your particular perspective on the topic. You'd be amazed at the difference that that kind of authentic listening will yield in your life when you get really good at it in a variety of ways. One way is that the person that you're speaking with will feel a whole lot better. Even if you've got, you're having an argument with them, if you are really understanding them and you really have also played back to them in summary form what you heard that they said and that you're really showing that you are substantively really following what it is that they're saying and deeply understanding it, whether or not you agree with it. That in itself takes relationships really, really far down the road in the sense of a level of trust, a, a level of understanding, a level of connection that just is not possible if we're doing nothing but talking ourselves. So first of all, you know, authentic listening and understanding what the other person's all about makes that other pe person feel really good. The other flip side of it is that it also provides you with an actual deep understanding of where they're coming from. And a lot of the time, especially when we're in arguments or we're speaking to somebody that is of a different opinion from our own, we often have little snippets, little summaries of what we think that view is, but we don't really know it in depth. We don't know the nuance of it. And if we truly try to understand, we can, in fact, glean a much deeper understanding of what that person's point of view is and possibly change our own view as well. And if we can then, after getting a really clear understanding of their point of view, then express our views in a calm way, factoring in and even including content from what it is that they just said, yet a whole lot higher likelihood of an effective win-win, to go back to that one, outcome of the interaction. So think win-win and seek first to understand, then to be understood. The next and the third of the interdependence habits is synergize. And this is all about combining the strengths and abilities and insights of a group of people together. This is essentially the positive effects of teamwork. And the notion of that many of us know all about, but we often don't practice, which is that you can take a particular team as an example there's one particular soccer team that had on paper the absolute best players in the world they were stars almost every single one of them when you looked at their stats they were bloody amazing in terms of what their individual capabilities were and you look at this other team that didn't really have all the greatest stars in fact there were a few very few names that many people would know but when you looked at the outcome of a significant series, it turned out that the latter team, the one that didn't have necessarily the stars on it, won, and the one that had all the stars on it did not win. And now, why is that? Because teamwork 
will often outperform simple individual contributions. There's a story that I think I've told in a previous episode as well, that my kids were playing on a, a hockey team some years ago when they were younger. And they were a very similar story again. They were on a team of kids that were really just learning the game. They did not have great, you know, skating skills or shooting skills. And they were playing a lot of teams that had kids on them that had, you know, much more well-developed skills. But this team that uh, my kids were on were just an amazing team together, largely due to a particular coach that was just a phenomenal leader. He just had this amazing ability to give them a common vision and gave them the confidence that they could do this. And they practiced like crazy as a result. They would be out there playing their hearts out. And a lot of the other teams were, you know, they're confident of their skills and they would just go through their practices the way that they would normally do so. But this one that my kids were on just had this amazing ability to work well together as a team, again, largely due to this leadership of this coach. And they actually won the whole season. And why didn't they? And everybody looked around and said, what, those kids? That's because they were working well together as a team. I always reflect on the celebration of individual accomplishments versus teamwork. And while a team is improved by having a collection of appropriate skills, obviously, the real significant contributions to the outcome of a team is really how well that team, you know, works together. So this whole notion of synergizing is all about having the appropriate leadership, having the appropriate relationships being developed between team members. And these can be, by the way, teams of any sort. You know, this can be the sports team like the ones I've been describing. It can be a team at work. It can be a team at, uh, at home. It can be your, your family. Fundamentally, the interrelations between the individuals, the way that they interact, the way they become one as an overall team is critical to overall success. And we find ourselves in many situations where we need to work in teams. And you can have all the self-mastery in the world. You can be a phenomenal talent. You can have all the other things that Stephen Covey talked about and all the other habits thus far. But if you don't have this ability to synergize, to effectively work with other people in a team, to also know, for example, that you are... Under certain circumstances, it's appropriate to be a leader, and then there's other times that's appropriate to be a follower. That's how you end up being successful. Rather than always assuming that you've got a lead or always assuming that you're going to be, you know, a follower, really trying to get the nuance of the appropriate way that you should work in this particular group based on all the other people that are in the group, being able to do that really well. This skill that Covey calls synergize is key to overall success in many aspects of our lives. And so that's another one that he considers to be core. And then the last category of habits he calls self-renewal. And this is one that many of you, I think, have a good appreciation for, even though you may not be familiar with Stephen Covey's seven habits, but the last habit, there's only one habit in this uh, category, and that is habit number seven, which is sharpen the saw. And I absolutely love this one. And many people that have read the books or have been aware of Covey's 
work can often just use this as a short form that, you know, at work, I'll make reference to that a particular employee should sharpen their saw. And people that have not read the, the work will kind of look askance and say, what, what are you talking about? But in reality, most people that have heard this concept before know exactly what it means, which is that, you know, if you are a person whose job it is to cut down trees with, with a saw, you do nothing but every single day go out there and use your saw to cut down trees and you're trying to be really productive you're all hours of the day every day you're out there doing that you're not going to be as effective or as productive as an equivalent person in the role that spends appropriate time using their saw to cut down trees but also spends some appropriate time to go back and sharpen their saw so that their activity of cutting down trees will be that much more effective. You can actually, when you have a sharp saw, you can expend less energy, you can work faster, you can work cleaner, because the tools that you're using are tuned, are optimal to the task. And so he uses that concept to convey this notion of ensuring we have balance and, and we have an appropriate approach to renewing kind of our resources, our energy, our health, our skills for a long and effective life. And so that includes things very importantly, like our bodies, making sure that we exercise and keep our bodies in optimal shape. Also our minds as a result as well, uh, with doing things like meditation and yoga and the like, as well as our intellectual capabilities and our reasoning abilities and being able to extend ourselves with regard to our kind of mental renewal as well. And what this is all about is stepping back also in looking at your life and evaluating how things are progressing and determining what areas of your life you'd like to improve as well. And that is what all of you do, and I celebrate regularly the fact that you do do that in listening to this podcast series and trying to look at various aspects of your life and sharpening the saw with regard to that aspect of your life. So that's really the seventh habit, which rounds out nicely the core concepts that Covey described in the seven habits of highly effective people. And like I say, there's lots of material to get additional insight, additional practice on a number of these things as well. Incidentally, he did also come out with an eighth habit. In fact, a whole book dedicated to it is one of the extensions of his seven habits work as well. That was all about finding your voice and inspiring others to find theirs. So for even deeper fulfillment in life to expand and explore those directions as well. So like I say, excellent contribution to the world from a very smart and insightful man that not only had these beliefs himself and this understanding from his education and from his observations of people over the course of his life, but also the ability to very effectively articulate and capture in appropriate words and appropriate concepts and appropriate examples, ways of having 
a large number of people gel and understand and internalize a lot of these ideas. There's a whole generation of people, and I know that many of you would be counted as part of that overall generation that have learned deeply the lessons from Stephen Covey that are the ones that we just went through here and have applied them in a variety of ways. And it's still also the case that for topics like this, and I find it regularly useful to come back to each of these habits again and say, so how are those working? You know, it's not the case you do this once and then you go off and do whatever it is that you're doing in life and you don't need to look back on it again. This whole notion of sharpening the saw is all about also those of you who have read the books in the past and have gone through workshops or whatever from the Covey approach. Go back to those lessons. Go back to these seven that I've just gone through here and see how you're doing on all of those. Do you want to, you know, sort of revisit some of these again? Even pull out some of your old material again and apply the wisdom of a very, very important man. And his work will live on in uh, many of us in the writings and in the variety of forms that his ideas have taken. And so a significant contribution to the world by a very significant uh, figure. Before we finish up, I just wanted to, as we usually do, just touch on and read through a few of the comments that have come in from a variety of sources from all of you. There's an email sent to me from Brian recently who said, Hi Carl, I recently discovered your podcast on iTunes and I love it. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with all of us. It's so refreshing to have such an inspiring voice out there to relate to. I listen to you when I'm riding my road bike or running. I've heard some of the concepts before, but you present them so eloquently. It is extremely reassuring. Thank you very much. And thank you, Brian. And I particularly enjoy reading where people listen to the podcast and the ways in which they you know, apply the ideas as well. From the UK iTunes store, Liz Runner says, stimulating and relevant five stars. Once I was used to Carl's calm, soothing voice style, and this took me a couple of casts, I've found the subjects chosen highly relevant and stimulating. I find myself pondering over the themes on and off for a couple of days afterwards. For example, as a medic and educator myself, I hadn't realized that I had, in recent months, become more fixed around my own skills and thoughts about future developments. Talking there about the Growth Mindset podcast episode. Middle age can feel like a time when you get stuck in your ideas about your own capabilities. Thank you for helping me to shift some of my thinking. Highly recommended listening to those interested in personal development. So thanks so much, Liz, for that comment. And from the Philippines iTunes store, an inspirational podcast says BJ in five stars. This podcast is definitely worth listening to. It's been a while since I was inspired, as the speaker does to me on this podcast. I shared and asked my friends to download all the episodes that were discussed here. The speaker is not boring. It feels like I am talking to him face to face. Having a father and a counselor who is always available to talk with. Keep it up. More power to you. Well, thanks so much, BJ. And there were a couple of comments uh, on Facebook. Chandra Mohan said, I started listening to your podcasts, and I think I can immensely benefit from your ideas. Thank you. And Amber said, your podcasts are awesome. I've been recommending them. Thank you. And so a couple of you mentioned sort of recommending this to friends. If you think it's appropriate, please do so. Please also join the Facebook 
page at facebook.com slash life habits. You can not only contribute your ideas there to me, but also to others that listen to the podcast series there as well. Again, thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast to improve yourself. I really, really celebrate the fact that you are all doing that. I encourage you to focus on the themes that we talk today as we always do every time we get together. And we'll talk to you next time. And bye for now.